Welcome to the only podcast where we are crazier than the life you deal with daily. This is the Madhouse Presents Group Therapy. I am Joker, and I am joined by my co-host, Unreal Style. Hello, everyone. And today we're going to be talking about X-Men Cinematic Universe, movie number six in the theatrical release order, uh, The Wolverine. Mm -hmm. This is the second standalone movie outside of the original X-Men series, but still follows along with a particular... Um, timeline of X-Men Origins. Mm -hmm. And this is outside of Wolverine or Logan's time with the X-Men, but it follows along with the storyline that was uh, initiated during the Origins movie. Because mm -hmm. um, the first scene is actually him during World War II yeah. when he was captured by the Japanese and held at an internment camp in Nagasaki um, right as they were getting bombed mm -hmm. by the Americans. So that's fun. Yeah, I know, right? Um, and so it's 1945, Nagasaki, Japan, and he's in a well uh, cell, basically. Yeah. Um, from one of the angles, it kind of looked like it was about 30 or so feet down, uh, brick-lined. Yeah. And the first thing you see of him, he's looking through a peephole that is actually intended for those on the ground level to look down into. Uh, but he's looking out of it Yeah. with his bone claws still because he has obviously hasn't gotten those yet until another 40, 40 years because it was the 80s that he got them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, 40 years. Um, but, again, he's hanging on with just his bone claws between the bricks looking out. And it was cool because they had it in a scene where he was sitting there like his arms are kind of like this. Yeah. And you're looking under his feet that are just kind of dangling there. Yeah. So that just goes to show the pure strength that Logan had even before the animantium was injected into his system. Yeah, I didn't know he he had his blown blown <laughs> his bone claws out i thought he had climbed up so once they zoomed in on his claws i was like oh okay it's a lot of a lot more hardcore like core strength and just proves how like strong his bone claws are for to hold up all of his body weight yeah i mean especially his like core upper body strength it, it's fucking ridiculous it really is. He's he's a lot more toned in this movie than he was in previous movies. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, this is also one of the few movies that he was shirtless 90% of the time, too. I, I noticed that when we were watching it. I was like, seeing him a lot more shirtless. I think my mom would approve. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so... Nagasaki, Japan, of course, was in the nineteen in nineteen forty five one of the two locations that the Americans bombed in retaliation for um, D Day, right? And where uh, the Japanese kamikazes hit Pearl Harbor, um, 
But with this, this also uh, virtually ended the Japanese advancement during World War II as well. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think they hit, uh, let's see, it was Nagasaki and um, Hiroshima. Yeah. If I remember correctly, in the uh, pecking order, they hit Hiroshima first mm-hmm. with an atom bomb, and then they hit Nagasaki with a hydrogen bomb because it was the two biggest bombs of the time. Well, that says it's a to- the city's oh, it atomic wasn't a- bombing. Oh, okay. So it might have been a... I thought it was... I don't know why I was thinking it was a hydrogen. But yeah. either way... Um. There was a Japanese officer, uh, Inkiro Yoshida, Yoshida, who was going around with his katana, breaking the chains on the American prisoners Mm -hmm. of war, um, right as the bombs were about to drop. Now, of course, like any atomic bomb, (laughs) the shockwave moves fast. Yeah. So pretty much everybody was dead anyway. Yeah. But uh, during this, uh, you see other officers performing the Japanese ritual of uh, suicide, honorable suicide. Mm -hmm. I can't remember. What is the damn name of that little blade? Because they have their katana and then they have their, their version of a katana dagger. Yeah. But they take that, push it through their their abdomen, and then slice sideways to bleed out and virtually cut every major organ in their lower abdomen area. Yeah. But three of the officers, most uh, all of which were older than Yoshida. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he's glaring at the bombs falling and then, of course, the mushroom cloud rising mm-hmm. across the river on the main town of Nagasaki. And as that happens, he's like, well, fuck, I guess I need to do this now. Yeah. And as he's going to, of course, Logan gets out of the pit because he was uh, released. His prison was uncovered Mm -hmm. basically right before that. And Logan shows up, drags him to the hole, and covers him with a steel door basically. Yeah. And takes all the blunt of the energy from the shockwave, all the fire and flame. Mm-hmm. And that's when Yoshida, once it recedes, recedes? Dissipates? Yeah, sure. We'll go with that one. That one's probably better anyway. Um, <laughs> dissipates. Uh, he looks up and sees Logan burnt to a freaking crisp and healing right in front of his eyes. Yeah. And so he um, he's like fearful at this point and trying to climb out. And that's when Logan was like, you know what? No, wait. It's not safe up there yet. Yeah. So after World War II, Grandpa Moon worked at a lab that helped with atomic research. Uh huh. <laughs> I read that too. I was like, okay. Wow, Moon. Wow. So, if uh, those in the audio world are confused at the moment we just had, 
or those on YouTube <coughs> later on, please join us Wednesdays, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, and see Moon Gaming confuse the ever-living fuck out of everybody in chat. Just saying. Anyway, uh, so then it cuts to a different scene, which you saw. Right. And you you liked that scene. You kind of perked up to it. So why don't you talk about that one? Oh, for when he... Oh. Woke up from, yeah, from the so memory when, of World War Two. He woke up and he woke up to Gene uh, laying next to him. And I perked up to that because I was like, oh, she's there. Okay. Because I had read the Wikipedia beforehand. So and I wasn't sure if I was going to see the movie or not. And it's the same Gene from the original series. So it's the original Gene Grey. Yeah, which I was very happy about. And so they're talking and I was kind of eating. So I wasn't really <laughs> paying close attention. But they were eating and it got to the point where they were talking and he, you you think that it, like, he's actually woken up, woken up. But instead, he's actually still dreaming because he ends up stabbing Gene once again. So he's basically reliving. Last stand. Last stand all over again. And he's freaking out. He's, you know, he pulls out the claws and he's trying to put pressure on the wound and he's trying to save her. And then... She says something in the uh, Phoenix voice where it gets when it gets like deep to the point where he jolts up again, and this time, we if see, I remember correctly, what she said was it's it's too late. Yes, I think that's what she said. Yeah. Or something along those lines. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the wound that he inflicted, of course, was the same wound in the same spot just below the right rib cage. Of Jean Grey when he killed her in Last Stand. Yeah. Only this time we actually see like blood because we didn't see. Yeah, she any was of that in the dark. Time. She was in the dark Phoenix black leather. Was it black leather? I thought it was red. It was like a very dark color, yeah. but it was leather, so it didn't show. The blood didn't show through. But this yeah. time she's in like a nighty, a white nighty piece. Yeah. And of course the blood just oozes out. Yeah, we see the, how it like more traumatic. Like we knew it was traumatic before in Last Stand, but now we see it was just like even more. So well, think time. about that. I mean, when he's stabbing upwards, right up under the rib cage, mm -hmm. or in the bottom half of the rib cage, basically puncturing not only the lung, but severing multiple intestines, large and small, and poss and as long as they are, probably yeah. puncturing the stomach as well. Yeah. So it's not a quick death no. by any means. No, I think it was just quick because of her powers and everything that was going on at that moment. Well, it wasn't quick regardless. I mean... Well, they kind of dropped. I, I'm sorry, but <laughs> I don't give dropped. a fuck what kind of powers you have. That's <laughs> fucking painful. I think she was like so jacked up on her powers though. Like she she felt it, but like not to the degree. Kind of like degree. an like an adrenaline rush. Yeah. Yeah, and then the spread on that, like Moon was saying, liver, kidney, all on this side because the stomach sits on this side. Yeah. And the heart sits to this side, so this is one of the bigger lungs on the right. Yeah. You got intestines, liver, kidney, 
and stomach with the length of that center blade. Yeah. He hit all major arter or major organs, organs except for the heart and the brain. Yeah. He really did. That's a slow death though because your your insides fill up with bile and everything else that's in there. You just you're, ate. <laughs> Your lung deflates. Oh, okay. Like, it's painful. Yeah. It's fucking painful. But anyway, continue. <laughs> so, <clears throat> excuse me. So, he's, what is, oh, yeah. So, he's trying to, you know, put pressure on the moon. He's trying to save her, and, you know, she's going, it's too late. And he jolts up awake again. And we find out that that was, in fact, a dream once again. And this time we see Logan with, like, a long beard, long hair, out in the middle of the woods. In, like, a little recessed cave-type place. Yeah, I think it was, like, Yukon, so I think it was, what, Alaska? No, it was um, northern Canada, like, in the Canadian tundra, like, right oh. below the ice shelf. Okay, well, I saw, like, a sign for Yukon, so I wasn't entirely sure if that was Alaska or somewhere close yeah, to Yeah, if there. I remember correctly, that the the Yukon area falls in Canada because a lot of the standalone um, Wolverine, like, the two major standalones are in Canada. Oh, okay. Um, except for Old Man Logan in the Logan movie, which is Mexico primarily. I haven't seen it. Okay. I'll make sure to watch it. I'll well, <laughs> how about you just get your ass over here on time, and then we can watch it. <laughs> There's a reason why I wasn't over here earlier. Understandable, but still. <laughs> um, but yeah, so... Uh, so he wakes up. He's in the woods. It's daytime. Um, he's He actually looks kind of hungover, too. Yeah, because he's been heavily drinking. Because when he went to turn off the radio, you could see like an empty bottle of what was it like whiskey? Probably. But yeah, no, the- no. If it follows along with the lore, uh, he was a heavy whiskey drinker. Yeah. Jack, Jim, shit like that. A good bourbon. Yeah. Um, but I think it was his. He started like his um, sleeping bag or something caught on fire. Yeah, the the blanket got close to the the fire, so yeah, because uh, he jolted up, probably kicked it on it, but the radio was also dying after he figured that out. So he's like, "Fuck, I need to go to town." Yeah, and he gets up, goes down a trail towards town out of the mountain, and what's funny enough, a giant grizzly is walking. It's like. Hey, fucker, what's up? Morning <laughs> to you, neighbor. <laughs> Pretty much. We'll talk about that when we get to that movie, Moon. But, yes, part of it did take place around that area. Oh, that's for, for, for Logan? Yeah, that's for Logan. Oh, okay. Um, But as he walking down, you notice markings on the trees, which was interesting i still haven't figured out the purpose of marking the trees because it looked like it was a two-step process yeah because i thought it was him marking where he goes because the bear then marked a tree stump like 
like right along his. Now, actually, I think I heard something one time that like bears in the woods would mark territories yeah. by marking the trees. Like they would scratch the trees. Yeah. And that was kind of like them marking their territories. I think that's what he did. I'm not entirely. I, I, I don't know the reason for it either because like. He had two marks on some of the trees, but then he had, like, one mark on a couple of trees. And then once he walked past one of them with one mark, he... He slashed he it for slashed. the second mark. Yeah, but I'm not entirely sure why, though. But I think it was the territorial thing, because across a small gap, you saw trees on the other side of the gap marked as well in a similar fashion, kind of like a slashing. Yeah. But the bear was on that side. Yeah. And didn't come across. Right. Just like how Logan didn't go across, yeah, that part. So I guess they, I guess it was like an animal thing for both of them because I guess it, the bear kind of knew, could kind of sense that Logan was not human. Yeah, like different. So I think that's why the bear didn't mess with him. I mean, they probably knowing Logan. They probably had a run-in before when he yeah. first got there because this is obviously after his time with the X-Men. Yeah. Um, kind of alluding to the fact that he left them after he killed Jean. Yeah. So, uh, basically moving forward, he goes into town and there's asshats with bows and or crossbows and arrows in their trucks and they're in a convenience store where he goes to get batteries for the radio and and alcohol and alcohol and their asshats because they're trying to oh give me store credit blah 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 um and so he realizes this but doesn't interact with them buys the batteries and then goes on about his business know back in the 1700s frontiersmen would mark trees for letting others know where they went or if they were if there were danger gotcha well come to think of it his claws could be mistaken to like regular humans as bear claws true because um as we'll find out later he um no one in that town or area knew he was a mutant. Yeah, because he stuck to himself. Yeah, he 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 was quite literally a woodsman uh, hermit, yeah, in a pretty, sense. Yeah, pretty much. But anyway, so he goes back. It cuts to him at night. It's raining. He's in his little cave area. Um, and then he hears gunshots. Mm-hmm. He goes to investigate and finds the campsite where presumably the hunters mm-hmm. um, were hanging out. And then... Finds the... <clears throat> well, first off, he gets startled because he sees lights, so he runs off. Then he hears the bear. Yeah. After he heard the rustling, the screaming from the humans, that's what he went, initially went for, and then he heard gunshots... Yeah, and then when he got to the campsite, saw it completely destroyed, he saw the... Um, the paw prints. Yeah, the paw print. And followed that after the lights kind of were acting like they were coming towards him. So he goes off, finds the bear with an arrow stuck in it, mm-hmm. 
and smells it, I believe, or mm-hmm. tastes it. He tasted it. No, well, well, no, that was because he'd went to pull it out, but the bear kind of was like roared at him. Oh yeah, yeah. So he's like, "Don't make me do this." Yeah, that's right. He killed it first. Yeah, and then he pulled out the arrow and he smelled it. Okay, and that's when he smelled realized he smelled what poison. It was a poison tipped arrow. Yeah. Um. So the bear was suffering. Yeah. Like it wasn't that it was just stuck in him and it was hitting something. He was suffering. Yeah. Um, and so he put the bear out of his misery. Like it was an exchange. You could, if you watch the movie, you can see it, how they CGI'd this bear. He, uh, he quite literally looked at him like, come on, dude, just do it. I know you can just kill me now. Yeah. So he goes on and goes to the bar where the ass hat of the group is and the the leader the it, the leader the like lead ass hat yeah oh, excuse me the meat's nice. talking that one um <laughs> and confronts him plays nice initially and then stabs him in the hand with, with the, the arrow yeah. that he pulled out of the bear. Because he saw the arrows, like the same, um, the... In the, the truck. Wings, yeah. The same wing in the truck. The frills or whatever it is. I can't remember what it's called either. I can't remember either. Um, but yeah, so he goes in there, he confronts him. Um, and he's like, ask me how I know. You remember that? That's why you chuckled. I love <laughs> it. That was funny. So he stabs the guy... <laughs> Like he's like in the hand, <laughs> and he's like, "Guess where I got this?" Ask me where. Ask me where. And he goes, "Where?" Funny you should ask. <laughs> I just, I just died at that. I actually made the baby jump when I cackled. Yeah, <laughs> and so he persists to tell him, like, "Well, I found it in the bear that you killed." The fetching, yes. Um. And talks about it being poison, blah, blah, blah. The hunter said, well, I don't dip my arrows in anything. Yeah. I was like, well, then you have nothing to worry about then. And he looks down at his hand. He's like, well, fuck. Grabs a bottle, hits Logan across the face. And that's when there's probably going to be some suspicions because he turns around. He's like that hurt and kind of pushes the glass shard. Like it wasn't a piece of glass or a speck of glass. It was a whole fucking shard of glass from that bottle that was in his cheek, pushes it out. The wound heals up and behind him, he says, sorry, Gene. And then his claws extend. And then, um, what's her face? Oh, it's no. not Mariko because no, Mariko's the daughter. Yukio. Yukio says, don't. It's not worth it. They'll die in a week anyway. That's a... That, uh, yeah, I, I, if I hadn't read about her, like when I read the Wikipedia, if I hadn't read about her, I was like, how the heck does she know this? And I'm like... She's oh. a mutant. Yeah, I know. And I love it. She's a telepath, but more or less of the future. Yeah. Precognitive. Yeah, there you go. That word. Yeah, that word that I'm trying to read that I can't because I don't have my glasses on. <laughs> so, um, 
she kind of convinces him to go with her. Tells him, tells Logan about, uh, fuck. Hmm. Yoshida, Yoshida, and wanted him, wanted her to deliver the blade to him. Mm-hmm. Which, funny enough, there there's something awesome about that blade, which is in the fun facts that we'll get to after. Oh, okay. Uh, Sweetness. But, uh, and then convinces him, hey, he wants you to come say goodbye. Yeah. Well, of course, he was hesitant, blah, 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 but gets convinced, goes to Japan. Mm-hmm. And attend, or goes to see him in his deathbed. And where you cackled <laughs> was in Japan. <laughs> Because Yoshida is traditional. <laughs> she changes into... Um, kibono. Yeah, the kibono. And wants him to bathe, shave, all this other stuff. Well, at first he was going to go in, but then his granddaughter that we see them talking... Fighting. Says he can't go in like, like that. that. So she takes... So Yukio takes him to get... In the bath and wash and everything, and he's by the servant by ladies, two, yeah, by the two servant ladies, these older traditional eight, Japanese women, yeah, who you know look absolutely terrifying. <laughs> and he's like, nope. And he goes turn around, and she's holding up a small dagger to him. And goes, and she's like, get in the bath. And he's like, seriously, like really. <laughs> so he goes. But no fear, even though she knows who he is and what he's able to do. Yeah. No fear. No. That's the only reason why I think he did it. He's like, well, fuck, she, <laughs> she's not human, but she's not, she's a good fighter. Yeah. And so he does it anyway. <laughs> and they're washing him. It's hilarious. Aggressively. <laughs> so aggressive. Aggressively. <laughs> Like, and apparently they go to wash his nether regions like, whoa, 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 I can do that myself. It's like, I can do those bits. <laughs> that's what he says. I oh, can do the bits. bits. Yeah. I, I just die. No, that's where I left and I made the baby jump. And I'm just like, oh, sorry, I can't help it. It was hilarious. Oh, my God. And so when he comes back, of course, he's still dressed in his attire, but he's got the traditional Wolverine Logan look with the... Weird, well, flat topish hair. It's a lot more toned down than in the, and then like, it the first wasn't, three movies. Yeah, and it wasn't um, the lumberjack beard anymore. It was more of just the scruff that he normally had. Yeah, just like the sideburns that came like down to like, like what, like yeah, right to the his right above the bottom half of his jaw. Yeah. So it was a low seventy sideburn, but the mountain chops basically. Yeah. So he goes in, sees him, finds out that uh, he's dying, like, aggressively, and he's on this futuristic tech in a traditional... Uh, that bed was so cool. Oh, yeah, it raised up. like the. It's like one of those pushpin things. Yeah, so the bed that Yoshida's in is, like, have these, like, it looks like pushpins, where if he makes them, I guess it's, like, just, like, the slight motion of getting up... They move 
up for him to where he's like practically almost sitting up. And see, I couldn't, I couldn't decide or I couldn't figure out if it was like based on that, like a slight movement and it uh, exaggerated the movement or if it was like neurological because he was so advanced in technology. And I'm guessing this is about the now time frame yeah. from the nineties and early two thousands. I think it was based on the motion because like he, when he saw Logan, when Logan came around and was standing in front of him, he made a slight motion to sit up. And then by then the bed, the push yeah. was moving him more up, but it could yeah. be actually, it could be both considering how advanced the technology is. Yeah, that he has. It, it seemed like, cause I don't think it says anything in the wiki uh, as far as the time frame for this part. But if I had to take a guess with certain types of technology, I would say it was like late 2020s, early 2030s. Yeah. Yeah, because it doesn't say in the wiki. Oh, wait, hold on. It just says present day. Well, the technology is Zaibatsu. Zaibatsu? So I think that is the technology that goes with it. But Yeah, I... it was something that he developed. It was based yeah. on his technology. Yeah. So um, anyway, so he's in the bed and then it, comes to light that he actually wants to uh he has a method to relieve logan of his sorrows of being immortal right and obviously it turns out later on that it's a little more devious but we'll get to that it always is exactly it always is like you can <laughs> tell there's more to it than what he's presenting initially but he's presenting this gloriousness of he understands the pain of immortality. He knows that you're a warrior. You don't want to live forever because you live with all the grief that you've caused and or uh, participate in throughout your eternity. Yeah. So he's trying to give him a way out as a gift and without the underlining tones that are obviously in that part of the movie already. Yeah. So he's like, you know what? Screw it. We're going to th let you think about it. Just take a night and we'll talk about this tomorrow. Yeah. And so Logan goes to sleep. Yeah. And has another night terror and wakes up sick. Well, no, he was dreaming of Gene. Yeah. And they were kissing. And then, like, he kind of wakes up. Well, I think he does. He, it kind of the way it goes is like it looked like it was a dream, but like it turned out to be because it went from Gene, him and Gene kissing to that doctor lady. What was it? Yeah. So his nursemaid, Doctor Green. Yeah, yeah. So his nursemaid, um, is the one that he actually wakes up to. Yeah. Well, he thinks he wakes up to. Right. But. He does interact with her because she goes in and turns out she's a mutant. I was very surprised by that, actually. So she is more. She is a mutant called Viper. That explains so much. So she has a poison, kind of like poison ivy. So this her mutant powers is more biological, in yeah. the sense of a neuroagent and an absorption. So. In, in this movie, she's got a twofold mutant power. Mm -hmm. um, kind of like, again, like Poison Ivy. Mm -hmm. To humans, it's absolutely deadly. But to mutants, it absorbs their power. And 
through that, she can hold it kind of like Rogue and Jean, but she can also push it and transfer it to other people. Oh, is that how? Okay. So you see where the plot comes into play now? Yeah, yeah. All right, so um, she's there. She's a part of... Spoilers, Yoshida is an evil guy um, with evil intentions. Yeah. And so they play it off the next morning that he died, so Logan's then kind of forced to the funeral. Mm-hmm. Well, during the funeral, um, the Yakuza attack during the ceremony, like they infiltrate the ceremony of his death and his funeral procession and steal his daughter. His uh, granddaughter. Yeah, granddaughter, Mariko. Yeah. Mariko is supposed to be the heir to everything, almost, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and because his son, her father, is a great warrior but doesn't believe in the same things that his father does, mm-hmm. i.e. he saw through his daddy's bullshit. Yeah, pretty much. And because um, he saw how his father was going away from tradition of the family, going away from this, that, and the other, and saw through his daddy's bullshit, whereas Mariko didn't see it at that point. Right. She still believed in the the fairy tale that her grandfather was telling. Right. So he's like, you need to protect her, blah, 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 um, beforehand, and then goes into the funeral where the Yakuza um, steal or try to kidnap her Mm -hmm. to get the riches of the grandfather and the family fortune. Right. Um, And with that, of course, Logan goes after her. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, he's already under the influence of this poison that is draining his regenerative powers. He still obviously has the ability to um, draw his claws. Well, it's technically not a poison. Yeah, it, it's an inhibitor Yeah, in a sense. Um, but... Um, so he's not healing. He's not regenerating like he normally does. Right. He's gotten shot a few times during the fight at the ceremony... And he's he's visually lagging behind. Mm-hmm. He's not healing. He's bleeding consistently, but he's still going because he's already built up a pain tolerance from obvious wounds that he's had in the past. Yeah. So he's still fighting through that, but he's l- visually limping. He's struggling, but he still gets that adrenaline rush. Yeah. And he continues to fight. Well, it leads into they've taken her away. He follows after. They end up on a bullet train. Mm-hmm. And this was another part that you kind of just like absolutely giggled at. <laughs> it was Was funny. they were on the outside of the bullet train and fighting. So I'll let you talk about that. I'm going to go refill my mead. And then we'll... Or unless... Actually, you know what? Uh, it's been an hour now so let's take a break let you talk to chat because obviously they fucking miss you (laughs) because they were absent for my ass last week and the week before (laughs) well i mean no one was here the week before but anyway yeah so we'll take a break
we do have a Twitter page, MHP Group Therapy, and a YouTube channel, which is Madhouse Presents Group Therapy. Check them out. Go give the YouTube channel a lovely free subscription. Oh, also, I finally set up the exclusive rewards and reoccurring payments uh, on Red Circle. So, it starts out with a dollar a week, and you get recognized in the show notes. Um, So, it equals out to about $4 a month. Then there is one that I believe is $6, $5 a month. Fuck, I can't even remember how I set them up. Hold plus. Ah, $6 a month reoccurring, which will give you some uh, lovelies. So basically, you will also be gifted a free sub once we hit affiliate on the Twitch channel so that you'll have access to all the emotes. And when we start doing our watch alongs Mm -hmm. on the private Discord channel, um, which we will also add you, or I will add you, as a uh, specific role for the podcaster supporter. Um, with the podcaster supporter at the $6 and up um, reoccurring charge, you will have access to extra episodes that will not be on Twitch for varying reasons, mostly because of copyrighted shit. Um, like movies, um, when we watch along and kind of do a, um, what is it, movie theater 3000 or whatever it's called, where they sit there, we're going to be bad viewers. We're going to be sitting there <laughs> pausing and talking about every little fucking thing in the um, movie, but also we'll sit there and just kind of chat with everybody and bullshit about anything and everything nerd um, and then there is the $50 annual reoccurring. Mm-hmm. So you can divide that by 12, and that's pretty much what the monthly payment is. But with the $50 subscription, mm-hmm. once outside of getting, obviously, a supporter, you will also have the ability once I start designing shit, i.e. once we get a subscription for it, mm-hmm. um, you will get a free merch item every year. I might just do that because it's only like that much. Oh, it's a whole $4.16 a month. Yeah, because you said 50 divided by 12, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's about it. Mm. That's not bad, actually. So, But you have to exclusively go through that annual subscription so however red circle sets that up Um, but again go through red circle do the exclusive reoccurring subscribers or supporters and uh, depending on the tier that you choose will give you certain rewards by the way all supporters will have their name displayed in the show notes every week so that's the thing nice All right, so let's get back to this, shall we? All right. So we don't go for three fucking hours. Okay, I haven't seen all the movies, so I can't exactly. No, we're not going for three hours. Thank fucking God. 
I get to skip shit and don't get to be told to go back. Because the bullet train was the last scene you saw tonight before we started this. Yeah, or shortly cause after then, it. Cause, yeah, because you said 10 minutes and then my back was turned. And then when I turned back around, he was laying in... Um, like, in a veterinary... Veterinary... Uh, veterinary's office. Yeah. And then I came in here. So that's about it of all I saw. So after everything, um, they end up going to a vet's office because that's the friend of Mariko. And the vet's like going fucking crazy because he's still healing, just not as fast. Once the bullets came out, then he started to heal slightly. Yeah, because there was a reason they went because, like, he had a vision of Gene. They were at that that hotel. He had a vision of Gene. They were talking, and he said she told him something. I missed it. I don't remember either. It's I've watched it twice in the last four or three weeks. Yeah, and then like when I turned around, Logan was like out in the rain on the ground outside. So I so I'm not. Entirely sure what happened, but then we get to the veterinarian's office. Yeah, um, the vet fixes him up, which is a friend of Mariko's again, the granddaughter, and um, he's surprised because he sees the wounds finally healing up once he pulls the bullets out of him. Yeah, so it freaks him out. She tells him, "Hey, he's a mutant, but he's a friend of my grandfather's." Blah blah blah, and after that. Uh, she goes back to the house, and shit gets just even crazier from there. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Logan's trying to go back to Canada slash North America, yeah. and it's not happening because everything goes absolutely haywire at this point. Um, after this, this is when Logan finds out about doctor lady right he actually finds out that she is a mutant because he goes back to the house with what's her tits um which one yukio yeah and lays down on the bed and does the examination using the bed and finds little drones or nanobots in him yeah that's keeping him from regenerating Right. So this is actually when he stabs himself and pulls out these bots. Yes, I did. His name is Daku. Yes. And he has the, but instead of, he's like got the two claws instead of three like Logan does. Yeah, so in the, basically the little girl in Logan takes his place. Yeah, pretty much. In the storyline. But, um... So he sees the little nanobot thingies in him. Right. And that's when he act, it's attached to his heart. Yeah. So he cuts himself open and reaches in himself and grabs this thing. Well, that's when Mariko's dad shows up in samurai outfit, defending the honor because he finds Logan a disgrace to the family. It's all Logan's fault, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Well, then a fight ensues, and Dr. Lady shows up with the Black Ninjas. 
The Black Ninjas were the uh, cult that fought the samurais back during some dynasty back in the day. Yeah. During traditional ages. And uh, Viper spits on Mariko's dad. Mm-hmm. But he ends up being able to wash it off. So the venom that's uh, melting his skin, basically, Mm -hmm. is being washed off in the little pond in the middle of the estate. So he survives. But during that whole process um, of the fight between him and Logan, Mm -hmm. uh, he's now sitting there trying to pull this thing out. He dies. Now, this is what... Um, uh, Yukio talks about as far as her premonition of Logan dying and being covered in his own blood, blah, blah, blah. Like, she's afraid right now. Right. Because her premonition is coming true. She's never seen any deviation from her premonitions. Like, what she sees happens, and that's it. Right. And so she's... Telling Logan not to do this, but she's fighting to protect Logan against uh, Mariko's dad. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Logan dies because he pulls it out, but he dies. His heart stops. He flatlines. But with it pulled out, now, of course, Logan can die, but he regenerates. His heart starts beating again. Then he fights him. Doctor Lady shows up, spits on him. And it's like, oh, you were able to pull it out. Fuck. (laughs) And that's when Logan figures out she's also a mutant, but she's not a part of Magneto's group. And it's not stated in the movie like it is during this uh, comic book series that follows the same uh, reference of the plot. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's... You can kind of see it in the undertones, in the in the visuals that are there. Mm-hmm. Like some of the same facial expressions are made when he realizes, oh, she's an evil mutant. Right, okay. But her methods and uh, purpose aren't the same as Magneto's. Right. Because she wants to help Yoshido. Okay. Yashimo. Yeah, Yashida. 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 Um, so she leaves, they leave, but Mariko's boyfriend is one of these black ninjas. Yeah. And so they take, or they uh, kidnap Mariko, take her away, and... Logan, along with um, Yukio, are trying to figure out where the fuck they're at with her. Like the Black Ninjas, Nurse Lady, or Viper, and uh, with Mariko, because obviously they took her earlier. Yeah. So they look at all the ancient maps, and it's like, well, Yukio's like, well, there's only one place they probably could go, and that's where the ancient temple is because there's actually not an ancient temple anymore in the old town where Yoshida Yoshida grew up. Mm -hmm. 
there's a modern facility there on the mountain. Oh. So he's like, okay, well, where is this at? Well, it's there, there, and there. So Logan, like Logan does, grabs a motorcycle and goes. <laughs> I love it. Well, in the middle of the night, he gets to the town. All the townspeople are going inside, closing up shop, all that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you see black ninjas everywhere. Yeah. And the boyfriend shows up. And they fight, they fight, they fight. Um, of course, this is Logan under normal circumstances now. Yeah. But they put um, kind of like a poison-tipped arrow, but they shoot him with tethered arrows. So they all got strings attached to them. Oh, okay. And they're sticking in him, obviously, and they're holding him back. Okay. But they're also poison tips, so they like a tranquilizer on them. Okay. Yeah. So he passes out after he has like a hundred of them. I'm just exaggerating. Like 50 or so <laughs> arrows stuck in him. Yeah. He finally collapses, and everybody's literally holding him back from progressing, but he can't pull them out because they're in literally every part of his body. Yeah. So he passes out in the snow. Obviously, next scene, they take him in the facility, and he's met by Viper. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's explaining a lot of different things, and he's bound, obviously, by um, the same metal that his body's made out of. So it's very difficult for him to move. Like, he can't break it. Yeah. But he looks up to his right and he sees, dun, 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 the silver samurai. (laughs) Um, In this instance, it just looks like a uh, metal, like robotic frame that is dressed up and shaped like a samurai warrior. Now, we all know, of course, that have watched or paid attention to the comics and the lure of Logan Silver Samurai is not just a robot. It is more of a Gundam-style suit for Yoshida. (laughs) Nice. Yoshida is the Silver Samurai, which is one of the foes to Logan. Um, It's not initially represented, but uh, Logan breaks free after Silver Samurai... Uh, charges his uh, katana, trying to kill him, but breaks the bonds that hold Logan. Logan fights him. Um, Yukio's fighting Viper, but also boyfriend Black Knight ends up fighting Viper as well. Okay. So there's a big battle in three different areas of this between Logan, Silver Samurai, Boyfriend and Logan, boyfriend and Viper, and so on. And Yukio and Viper. Well, it turns out that Viper dies eventually. Yeah. And Logan gets to a point where he's about to... He defeats the Silver Samurai before he knows it's Yoshida and cuts its head off. Yeah. Nice. Uh, because he ends up getting 
the katana, which is a charged katana of um, adamantium. Adamantium. So it's superheated because he has one set of claws cut off. Okay. Then he has another set of claws cut off. Yeesh. So he's clawless at this point. Well, he gets a hold of the animantium katana and cuts the head off Silver Samurai, which then reveals Yoshida. But hmm. this is where it gets interesting. Towards the end, okay. Um, Yoshida's still there, obviously old, decrepit, and dying. Mm-hmm. He activates something in the suit that starts to suck the life force out of Logan. Like, Logan is literally aging within seconds. So you got to think, this is twenty late 2020s, 2030s, maybe 2040s. Like, there's a gap there, right? Yeah. He was born in the 1880s. It's 200 years... <laughs> Of aging <laughs> happening right before your eyes. That's a... <laughs> and in the process, you're seeing Yoshida grow younger again. That's right. Drills into the... To the... Where the claws were. Yeesh. And it's sucking the life force out of Logan. Ooh. Thank you, Moon. So it's sucking the life force out of Logan. You see Yoshida literally growing younger back to the 1940s. Yeah. And now I don't like the fact that they did it CGI. They didn't bring the actor back. Oh, they did it CGI one? It's all CGI. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Probably save on money. But Mariko shows up. He's like, it's me. It's me, your grandfather. It's like, you're not my grandfather. My grandfather's dead. <laughs> Jeez. And she ends up, I think it was Mariko that ends up killing Yoshida. Mm. And then, of course, Life Force returns back into Logan. And that's pretty much the end of the movie. So what was a comic book roughly yeah. stretching about six years worth of comic book series of Silver Samurai yeah. was all of 10 minutes max <laughs> in this movie. Yeah, Mariko intervenes and stabs Ichiro with Logan's severed claws. Oh, oh, that's right, because... The first set was just laying on the floor. The second set kind of fell away. That's one way to. That's one way to go. <laughs> Maybe what helps? I don't know. It's it's moved. It's started out. So he I'm may like... have forgotten to hit enter on the chat. But oh, yes, yeah, that probably. definitely helped. Thank you for the drill comment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. So meanwhile, I'm rising to Dr. Creek. Uh, 
a video. Oh, so he's looking at, or he's talking about uh, probably Discord. Not me almost falling in my chair. No, what are you talking about? Oh, uh, yeah, that doesn't look traumatic at all. All right, let's see. Can you put uh, it on the screen? Maybe. I try to put it in chat. Oh, is that what you did, Moon? Okay. Understandable, understandable. Did that do anything? No, that didn't do shit. All right, hold on. All right, so y'all won't be able to see us for a second, but let's do this. We'll pull up this vidya because it shouldn't be too long that we'll get we won't get a copyright strike on. Oh, oh, oh! Ah! Yeah. So. Basically, this is drilling into his marrow at this point. So for those listening in Audioland, this is the particular clip where he finds out that Yoshida's still alive and his life force is being drained out of him through his Severed claws. My side has survived the Nagasaki. Oh. Surely I could survive this. Yeah, okay. It's yeah. all right. Oh. It won't take long. Dr. Green and I have been waiting. So, on screen, for those uh, watching in YouTube or what have you, it is um, Mariko showing up, the granddaughter. And Yoshida talking about retaining the life force or the regenerative powers of Logan. Your mistake was to believe that a life without end can have no meaning. I mean, depends on how you look at it. It is the only life that can. Hold on. We're almost there. Oh. The peace. So yeah, at this point, you can see him getting younger and Logan progressively aging 200 years in seconds. But yeah, you see how I was talking about the CGI? Are you sure that's CGI? Oh, that's all CGI. Oh, look at them claws. So that was the first time he severed, his claws were severed. To be invincible. I think that's the actor. I think they just did the CGI him, him regressing. Oh, that is that is gruesome. That's Yukio. Right. All right, so let me pause this real quick. So what has happened up to this point for those listening is the oh that you heard was uh, Mariko throwing um, Logan's claws from the first uh, portion being severed into the back of Yoshida's head. So he's still alive. Yeah. It's just he's lost some abilities to move at this point. Yeah. And it was just it's one me. of the three claws. Your grandfather. Yeah. I buried my grandfather. 
And oh. then the second one went into his carotid artery in his throat. And this is when the the body is going apeshit at this point. So, oh, and that was it. Yeah, that was it. So thank you, Moon, for that clip. Mucho apreciato, sir. Wow, that was... Ooh, that was gruesome. Yeah, so that was definitely one of the... One of the better... Uh, Marvel scenes, like... The, yeah. No, but I think they did the CGI for the reverse, but I think that might have been the actual actor. Yeah, I'll have after to... After that. I'll have to actually watch that again, because... Maybe, because he didn't look CGI as much, but maybe that was. So, anyway, so that happens. He dies off, and it takes Logan a little bit of time, but he does regenerate again. Yeah. Um, But you saw what I was talking about, like 200 years. Like, his eyes were glazing over and everything. Yeah, and it, like you can see the sunken of his face where the, like his cheeks were and everything and it was just like Ugh. oh yeah Ugh. um but uh eventually like it was stated in the twitch chat earlier is according to the lore in the comic books logan and mariko end up doing the nasty <laughs> and uh <laughs> Have a kid. Right. Well, um, Yukio ends up being the guardian or maiden guardian of Mariko and the child as she grows older. Basically becoming the Ronin for them. Mm-hmm. Fucking like bunnies! <laughs> um, but what I did love... What I did love about this uh, movie is they uh, referenced Logan as a Ronin warrior. Yeah, they did. So you do know what a Ronin is, right? A lone... A samurai samurai. without a master. Yeah, uh, because Yoshida said that when Logan came to visit him. Yes. Um, So... It was, it was awesome that they referenced that because there was a lot of culture brought back into the Marvel Universe where they didn't necessarily have that tradition or that culture previously. Yeah. And they, they brought it back and made it more forefront even before cancel culture or all this other bullshit that's going on in the world today. They brought the recognition to a culture that has been around for centuries. Mm-hmm. And between the samurais, the ninjas, and the ronins. Because there was ronins on both sides. Because obviously the two factions of warriors were ninjas, which were more stealthy, more... Um, what's the word? Uh, saboteurs. Yeah. And then you had the samurais who were... The knights of the Jan- uh, of the Japanese culture. You know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So they were more upfront, more traditional fighting, whereas the ninjas were untraditional in a sense. Yeah. And then they brought in the concept of the Ronins, the Ronins um, being 
trained, unprofessional or non-traditional warriors. Yeah. So I thought that was fucking amazing. <laughs> like, absolutely amazing. Um, kind of playing along the same lines of during uh, Origins when they were talking about the when they were giving meaning to the Wolverine. Yeah. The same concept plays, and it kind of back or preludes into the Wolverine style, but with the Ronin uh, characteristics. Yeah. Because he doesn't belong. He's he's not a part of the X-Men anymore. This is years after he was a part of the X-Men. Right. Like, he's solo. He's doing his own thing. He's not necessarily a vigilante, but he's more of a renegade mm-hmm. at this point. And that's where the Ronin character comes in. And if I remember correctly, there was an offshoot in the comic series that was Wolverine as a Ronin warrior. I think so, yeah. So, but that ends up being pretty much the end of the movie. Uh, Let's see. Oh, yes. Mid, uh, the credit scene, the post-credit scene, what they call the mid-credit scene here. Mm-hmm. Logan shows back up in the United States airport. Okay. And he feels something. Okay. He turns around. Who do you think it is? <laughs> well, let's see. I can actually read it. Uh, Eric Lesnar. And Professor X? But I thought yes. he died. So, who warned him of a w- weapon humans are creating that would bring the end to the mutant race? What that's does that sound like to you? The Sentinels. The Sentinels. Which is, oh, so that's that's the setup This for is right before uh, Apocalypse. No, Days of Future Past. Well, yes. But, yeah, this is right before that. Oh, okay. So I'm just like, wait, no, hold on. <laughs> Think about it for a minute. So it follows the origin storyline. But it also still plays into, like, this is where they finally pull the true Marvel aspect and push into future uh, renditions mm. or movies. But, yeah, so, like, they're saying, hey, we need you back. Yeah. Humans are doing this. They're getting ready to destroy everybody. Right, yeah. Okay. So this is, that's why I was saying this is like 2030s, 2040s. Yeah. Because if I remember correctly, the Sentinel War on mutants was in the 2050s and 60s. I believe so. On uh, Days of Future Past. Yeah. Yeah. I believe so. Ooh. So. At least they did a good setup for that one, though. The first one, yet. This was yeah. actually the first setup for the next movie that they've done. Properly. Yeah, properly. Because, geez, Louise. Up until this point, no previous movies have set up for the next. Except for X1 to X2. Right. That's the only setup was one movie out of six. 
Well, if you think about the la- of X two, you think of the la- like the into last stand. Yeah, because you you kind of get a sense that Jean's gonna come back because like as they're going across the water, like that scene you where see it's the the, the you flare see the, in the water. You see the phoenix kind of like thing. So they kind of did all right with that. It was it was kind of like a suspense thing. So they kind of did okay with that. But no, this one they actually did really well with leading up to the next one. And then if you really want to get into it, Ryan Reynolds did set up. Granted, it was damn near 10 years later. <laughs> yeah. But he did set up well for a proper Deadpool movie. Yeah, he did. He did good by those movies. Those Because I movies. found out later that he actually begged, begged the producers to let him shoot that scene where he, where Wade Wilson... Weapon 12 or whatever, 11. Weapon 11 came back together and he said, shh. 12. Because 11 was the girl with the long fingernails. That's right. So I think yeah. he was 12. But yeah, so he begged for that. I found out that later. So yeah. Um, now, but that's the movie. I mean, that that's the movie in a nutshell. It had a very brief um, explanation of post-X-Men Wolverine. After he killed Jean, who, of course, was the first woman he's loved since uh, he got the animantium. True, true. And since he lost his memory, since he had amnesia, this is the... He he lost his first love in this memory. Yeah. And this is his life. Yeah. And this is obviously setting up right as Days of Future Past shows up where it's Xavier, Magneto, and the old crew yeah. post-Gene. Mm-hmm. Setting up to go back into the future and send Logan back, Mm -hmm. which we'll talk about because obviously Days of Future Past is going to be the next movie. Is it the next movie? Yes, I believe so. Let's look. I got the list right here. Yeah, mine's on my phone. It's like, eh, I don't feel like reaching for it. Will you get off? So, yes, Days of Future Past is next. Okay. Then we go into Deadpool. Nice. So, yeah, Days of Future Past is next. So, this is actually leading into the very next uh, theatrical release. Okay. Uh, but this leads up to that, and this this next movie is where the timeline really gets fucked up. Oh, okay, yeah. I'm like, wait, what? But yeah. Because First Class was a standalone. Yeah. Literally, cinematically... Uh, chronologically, everything. Mm-hmm. It was a standalone movie. It was a gap filler. Yeah, pretty much. But Days of Future Past is where we have the Back to the Future fuck off of the <laughs> timeline. Yeah. So the alternate reality starts to set in in this next series uh, of movies. Yeah. So... This was the last movie, like true movie of the original timeline 
of the original movies. Okay. And from what I've seen throughout the different series, this was the last. Because even though Origins didn't really play much into the original three movies, yeah. it did still not, it didn't deviate much, if at all, from the original series. The only thing it really yeah. deviated from was Wade Wilson and a few of the like Storm, Cyclops, like their age brackets kind of fucked up. Strikers age brackets. Yeah. Because that, that was all confusing. Yeah. Cause even in Vietnam, because Stryker in the original series, which was set in the 90s, was about 50-something. Yeah. So during the 60s, that would have put him in his teens, early 20s, which could potentially marry up, but to be a good officer in Vietnam, he wouldn't have been in his 20s. Yeah, because he did not look like, during he during that time, he did not look like he was in his, he looked like he was in his 40s. And then, it was wasn't Apocalypse. Un- it he, wasn't until the new cast. Yeah, when Apocalypse, he looked when he looked younger. L- younger, yeah. Yeah, like in his, like, what, late 20s maybe yeah it was like mid to late 20s early 30s yeah which according to the striker we were originally introduced to Mm -hmm. that actually marries up but up to this point it doesn't marry up so that was one of the few flaws that they had yeah because also in first class he's like looks like he's in his 60s and i'm like wait how does that how does that work so up to this point, we've got three very different strikers. Very different. Um, but we've all got, the same attitude. Hmm? But all the same attitude. Oh, of course. I mean, they actually played him as the anti-hero very well. Oh, extremely well. Of course, he was more of a villain character or an antagonist versus a protagonist. Because in the comic book series, he's more Deadpool in his anti-hero. He's not necessarily bad or good. He's just on his own agenda. Yeah. Like a mercenary. He's not necessarily bad or good in, in the comic book series that I remember. Yeah. But he's he's not for the X-Men. Yeah. He's for the highest bidder. Pretty much. So, um, other than that, like like I said, like the mainstay of the characters, like Storm, Gene, Cyclops, their age brackets aren't matching up to this point. Yeah. And, I mean, it's not a big deal, obviously, because during the late 90s, early 2000s, um, no one was really paying attention to that because... Obviously, the ones that it would have mattered to were already adults, and we were just looking for the next movie. Yeah, pretty much. So, it wasn't terrible. Now, it did fuck up the younger generation because (laughs) they have no concept of what should be right. Like, like Gene, or not Gene, but like um, Rogue and Gambit. Yeah. They were about the same age, maybe five years apart, but yeah. a, up to this point, they're almost 
20 years apart. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's a problem in this universe. Yeah. Because they're supposed to be lovers, like true lovers, because Gambit can absorb and not be affected by Rogue's powers. Yeah. But then they paired her up with Iceman. Which with with Bobby and then cured her of her of her mutant powers, which is not right cured. at all. <laughs> "Quote unquote." Yeah. Basically, they killed her off. Yeah, pretty much. Because she her. makes literally a thirty-second appearance in the next movie, if I remember correctly. Oh no, it was a deleted scene. Oh okay. Oh well, that sucks. Yeah. Mm. Dang. Yeah, because... Because to replace Rogue, they put in Jubilee. Yeah. Which is Elliot now. No. Kitty... Uh, yeah. Or Pride. That's right. Kitty Pride. Well, her name's Kitty Pride. The character's name's Kitty Pride, but I don't know what her mutant name is, though. It's not Jubilee, because Jubilee's one of another mutant. Jubilee's the one that can go... No. Yeah. Is it her name? I think so, because she can go through walls. I thought that was another mutant. I don't know. Because remember when they were rescuing the boy and she couldn't go through the walls? Shadow Cat. Thank you, Griff. Shadow Cat. That makes sense. Oh, that's right. Jubilee is Fireworks Hands. Okay. Yeah, the... Okay, because I was like, no, I kind of, I was like. Thank you. But yeah. Appreciate you. So, Kitty Pride. Yeah. That's her. Takes the place of Rogue, Rogue in the next movie. Thank you, Griff. I appreciate that, that fixture. 8% is a lot when you have one and a half glasses. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, yeah, so. Um, <laughs> Excuse me. Kitty Pride, aka Elliot Page or Ellen Page at the time, right? Um, takes the place of Rogue mm-hmm. because she can send Logan's mind to the past. Yeah, and then whatever he changes in the past, so this completely negates the or this t- uh takes in consideration the butterfly effect to a massive scale. Yeah. Like, they understand it. They understand what can happen. If he changes anything in the past, as long as he sets it in motion, Mm -hmm. it will come true. Yeah. I can't remember right off the top of my head what the stipulation was, but he had to do it within a certain time frame or if there were certain, what the stipulations were for it to be concrete. Yes. Yes. No, that, that I'll get, trust me. I want to talk about that so bad because that's the first part of where the cinematic universe fucks everything up. Like, that's the biggest fuck-up they've done outside of some major changes to the ages and relationships amongst the X-Men and the mutants and everything else that they've done. 
that is the biggest fuck up that I've seen to date. You might want to tell our audio listeners what. So what I'm referring to, thank you, is the fact that one of our Twitch uh, viewers, Grifflin, has stated that in the original comics, it was actually Kitty Pride or Shadow Cat that uh, that was sent back to change the past, but the cinematic Marvel universe decided that they were going to send Logan back, i.e. Hugh Jackman, because he is the primary moneymaker in the movie series. So for those that don't or have not read the comics and understand the how the Days of Future Past actually happened... Uh, which was Kitty Pride or Shadowcat going back in time. They sent Logan back instead. Yeah. Now, the best thing was, of course, that they did it with the understanding that Logan is the only other mutant in the entire plethora of living mutants by this point that could have survived that mental trip because everybody else would have been uh, physically and mentally debilitated by that kind of uh, psychological trip. Right. So it makes sense. They at least did that much, mm-hmm. but they did it in a poor fashion. Yeah. I think it was like to stop Raven. Like the time frame. Yes. Well, to stop. And we'll, we'll, we'll get to that next week when we talk about Days of Future Past. Okay. Okay. <laughs> just slap in the armchair. It's like, jeez. You're getting a call. Oh, God. All right, so I'm going to mute your mic. Go go take your call. We'll start with some fun facts. Uh, fun fact number one, by the way, before you run off, was during Nagasaki scene in the beginning, um, the only thing that survived the nuclear or the uh, atomic blast was the archway at Nagasaki. So the traditional archway at Nagasaki was the only thing that survived in the movie. What's fun fact about that is the fact that images from the actual site of Nagasaki, the only standing structure was the traditional Japanese archway. Oh, okay. So if you look up scenes of Nagasaki, like real life Nagasaki, Japan, after the 1945 nuclear or atomic blast, there is a traditional Japanese archway. Okay. That survived. Hmm. And they actually showed that standing during that scene when they came out uh when they recapped back to that scene mm-hmm. of them crawling out of the well mm-hmm. you see the archway and then you see it again when he revisits revisits the site right before they cut back to the the remembrance or the memory scene when they're walking over the well mm-hmm. that's now covered and it's a park you see the archway behind him mm-hmm. in the little field area, 
He's like, this is where it happens. Then it cuts back to the scene of them crawling out of it, and this archway's there again. Nice. So that's okay. fun fact number one. Nice. All right. Cool. Fun fact number two. Oh, wow. That's bright. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so I don't know why it's highlighted, but I don't know that's funny as hell. <laughs> so Hugh Jackman <laughs> said that for his shirtless scenes in the movie, he wanted to look as ripped and cut as possible. So he adopted a dehydration diet. So what most bodybuilder bodybuilders do right before they do the posing uh, part of the competition, yeah, um, they spend about a week dehydrating themselves, cutting all the water weight that shows all the cuts and like divots in between each muscle. Huh. That explains uh, a lot. Where he did not uh, consume any liquids. 36 hours before filming shirtless scenes. I'm good. Basically, (laughs) he was virtually killing himself between, like, for 36 hours prior to doing any shirtless scenes. And there's a lot in this movie. Yeah, yeah, there there is. There is at least, if if I can... If I'm thinking correctly, which is kind of questionable now, um, there was at least 10, anywhere between 5 to 10 scenes yeah. where he w- ended up shirtless or with very little on that showed a lot of muscle definition. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, Let's see. Where was it? Wolverine's claws were redesigned for this movie. The older versions were straighter design, but the new claws had more cuts and angles to them, allowing them to reflect light easier. Also, the claws came out of the low or hand lower. So instead of coming out right at the knuckles, yeah. they actually came out more between the webs. Yeah, I, I noticed that when he When had the this, drilling scene? Well, that part where they were, but also his claws during the movies when we saw them come out, I did notice that they did look different than... They looked sleeker than the uh, first three movies. Now, what's interesting is, if you look back in the original... Uh, two movies mm-hmm. and the toy lines that came out that showed like the suit hands that had the claw like the yeah, claws the that popped out from the mechanical pieces talking about the toys yeah they actually came out in the top of the hand also a lot of the animated series had nubs on top of his gloves yeah where they would come out yeah because they talked about them coming out the top right above the knuckle mm-hmm. coming out like this huh. and then retracting kind of like cat and raptor claws huh. so they came out the top of his hands instead of between his knuckles which huh. is which they did here because if you notice if you look back at that scene where it showed the severed claws and they were drilling into the marrow yeah that was creepy they were between his knuckles. Yeah, that was, that was still creepy because I was just like, ugh. 
Did you know why he yells almost every time he brings his claws? Because it hurts. Yeah, he's it's, it's literally cutting cool. his skin and nerve endings between the bone. Yeah, he's he's literally like clawing and like clawing himself every single time. It's a he puncture it. wound every single time. Every time. Uh, let's see. In this movie, Yukio and Viper are mutants, whereas Harada is not. Harada is the dad of Merrick. No? no? Who's Harada? Har- uh, Harada is the... Um, the boyfriend? Yeah, Mariko's uh, bodyguard. Yeah, so the ninja boyfriend. Yes, he always feels pain. It's just... Uh, Logan is used to the pain. Originally, the claws were thought to be part of his costume. It wasn't until the team was in only their underwear and tied up. He popped them out and they realized they weren't part of his... Oh, my God. Shut up, Griff. Wow, (laughs) Griff. Oh my God! It's a good thing this th- thing isn't rated PG. Cause <laughs> oh, so you remember when I was telling you at the beginning about the uh, katana that Eat. he was trying to present to him? Oh yeah, yeah. So if you look at the movie uh, around the one hour three minute mark, young Yashida gives Wolverine a samurai sword, i.e., a katana. With six kaji letters engraved on it. Now, these read as never die, never aged, never destroyed. Yeah, that's appropriate. Which absolutely explain Wolverine. Now, uh, so the alternate ending for the film where Yukio presents Logan with a box that contains his yellow Wolverine mask. So his black and yellow spike where his spiked hair came from because to represent the actual mask from the comic books. The scene is presented as a bonus feature on the Blu-ray. So if someone in chat, in uh, Twitch chat, can find that scene for us, I would gladly show it here on uh, the live recording. Please and thank you. Uh, let's see. <laughs> the bonus scene where Yukio presents Wolverine with his mat, his comic book mask. I love his spelling. (laughs) 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 Oh, my God. I'm dead. Mariko recounts nightmares of Kazuri. Kazuri, in Japanese, is Wolverine. That explains a lot. That that does explain a lot. 
Okay, so uh, Yukio's hair is dyed bright punk red is what they call it. Um, huh. So basically a blood red. Yeah. Uh, but the actress who played Yukio is... Rilla Fukushima. Yeah, sure. Uh, read the comics in present preparation for this role. And was shocked that they wanted her to have dyed red hair as her comic book version was short black hair, which is what she was naturally. Probably just to give her character like an edge. Yeah. Honestly. Because that's the, when they deviate from looks, they're like trying to give that character like a certain edge. Yeah. To kind of bring more off, off-spun importance to him. Yeah. Uh, the silver, the silver samurai, or Yoshida, in the movie is a combination of Kenuchio Harada, Harada, which is obviously a skilled mutant samurai, and his son Shin Harada who possesses a technologically advanced suit of armor. So in the comic books, the combination of the Silver Samurai, which was both of the Haradas, uh, the father and the son, um, turns out to be, or manipulated into Yoshida. Oh, so, so they combine two comic book characters into Yoshida. Yes. So, Shin is a separate character in the movie, and the Silver Samurai is also based on Ugon, the supervillain and enemy of Wolverine, Mm. who ended up stealing the suit of armor and becoming the Silver Samurai, Mm. um, who was given him a sword and tried to steal Wolverine's immortality. Uh, Rila spent a month of training in preparation for the movie, doing basic muscle training and working with swords. She did pretty good in the movie, though, from what I saw so far. Uh, let's see. Simon Kinberg wrote the mid-credit sequence, and it was shot on the set of X-Men Days of Future Past. So that that scene where um, they're in the airport and they talk about the coming of the weapons was actually shot on set. Hmm. Uh, Since he speaks fluent Italian, Hal... Yamanochi. Sure. <laughs> Dubbed himself in Ital- for the Italian version of this movie. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's cool. Hmm. Around the 48-minute mark of the movie, the receptionist and owner of the hotel pets her cat behind the front desk. In Japanese culture, it is called Maniki Neko or beckoning cat, 
a good luck charm used for all who enter an establishment. Huh. I think. Yep. Okay. We are now about to see the scene. Hopefully. Hopefully. Alternative suit. Yep, there it is. Okay. That works. Oh, wait. Let me pull it over here first. Whee! What's this? Pause. Back. There we go. So, if you were watching on Twitch or the VOD after the fact on YouTube, here's the scene, or at least we hope is, because it's Moon, who knows, um, <laughs> where he is presented with the suit from the comic books. What's this? Open it. Oh, yes. Oh, that's beautiful. Yes. That was fucking awesome. They should have kept that in. That would have been good. And it would have been an ode to the comic book series. So it was beautifully done, too, because it was the black over the eyes yep. with the yellow above. Mm -hmm. So that was very well done. Very well done. I should have kept that in. Yeah. Thank you, Moon, for finding that for us. I do appreciate you. Uh, let's see. Anything else? He's oh, the silver samurai suit was based on a model that had been 3D printed and chrome plated using electrolysis. Uh, maybe next year. Or the year after that. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Uh, Hugh Jackman's sixth portrayal of Logan is this movie. I.E., he has played Logan every single movie so far. Whether it be mm -hmm. a cameo or a mainstay in the movie, like a main role. Oh, okay. Hugh Jackman has played, has been in every single X-Men movie to date. Hmm. All six movies. In order. Every huh. single movie that has to deal with some type of X-Men, he has been in or showed face in. Hmm. Okay. No, there's a one that says the taxi sign on the roof of the taxi standing outside the love hotel quote unquote mm -hmm. in Tokyo has the X-Men logo on it wait what yeah wow it's like one of the um I did not notice that I didn't I didn't notice either that's why I was like wait what that's why I got distracted from it because I'm like I'm trying to think back to that scene because I actually saw that scene yeah that was the scene right before the last scene that you saw before we came in here to do this. Yeah. Huh. Oh, here we go. Jessica Beal was offered the role of Viper, but the deal couldn't be reached and she dropped out. Oh, that would have been cool. I like her. She would have been so fucking hot. She would have been great in that. Could you imagine mm. like, all Viper's powers coming off of her? I'd be like, hello. 
Poison me, baby. <laughs> Poison me harder. We too, I need to go has work at 8.30. Okay, bye, Moon. I, I got to be at work at 7.30, so suck it up, buttercup. I don't have to be at work until tomorrow night, so I'm Gucci for now. Uh, let's see. The first X-Men movie to have an extended version on its Blu-ray release. Okay. To think Blu-ray was <laughs> a feature during this time. I know, right? And now it's like everywhere. Well, Blu-ray is like CDs now. Like everything is Blu-ray. I know. But what made it so exclusive back then is that like Blu-ray games for instance. Yeah. PS3. If you played a Blu-ray game on a particular console, you could not play that same disc on another console ever. Yeah. Same thing with movies. If you played them on a particular Blu-ray uh, player, yeah, they could not be used on any other player. Yeah, it had to be Blu-ray or it wouldn't no, work. No, I mean, even if... They had another Blu-ray player. They could not be played on another Blu-ray player in the beginning. Like I was saying, Blu-ray gaming discs from yeah. the PS3 era. Yeah. If I bought a copy of Modern Warfare 2 and played it on the PS3 and it was a Blu-ray disc. Yeah. I could not take that same disc to a friend's house and play it on his PS3. completely forgot about that. <laughs> I, I don't know what... It, it's moon. I know. I'm just like, wait, what? Uh, let's see. Wolverine rides a Ducati motorcycle in the movie. So that scene where I told you you got on a motorcycle and drove to the ancient city or the ancient town that had the, fact, the new facility in it. Mm-hmm. It was a Ducati. That's a nice bike. That's a nice bike. Okay. Cool. cool. Uh, let's see. This is the second Marvel comic book movie for Win Young Lee. He previously was played, or he previously played a villain, Karaji, in Elektra. Oh, I knew that was him. The character Karaji is also a ninja. Mm -hmm. And since he does not appear in the traditional black suit in the movie. Mm -hmm. By the way. Karigi, uh, yeah, that was, I knew it was him. But the dad, um, Mariko's dad, mm -hmm. is a famous martial artist in Japanese traditional movies. He is Probably hmm. one of the few Japanese uh, actors that is like a megastar. Like a megastar. You think back to most American movies that have Japanese uh, actors in them. Yeah. That play traditional Japanese roles. Mm -hmm. He is in probably 80% of them. I know he looked familiar. I just could not put... 
Because he plays like a hundred different roles in American TV as a Japanese traditional individual. A lot of the roles that he played in the 90s and early 2000s or 80s, 90s and early 2000s were like um, the... uh, What's the fucking gang? The Yakuza? Yeah. Yakuza roles. Um, And in Need... One what was it? One of the Need for Speed movies where the Yakuza were oh, animated. I didn't want, I didn't. He actually was a uh, visual representation in one of the games that the Yakuza. Oh, in the rep- games, okay. Cause yeah. I'm just like I didn't see. Like I know they made like one movie, but I didn't see it. Uh, let's see. Oh, here we go. Fast and Furious and X Men. Oh, so the Fast and Furious and X-Men film franchises have often released the same installments of the franchise in the same year. X2, X-Men United in 2003, and Too Fast, Too Furious in 2003. Uh, X-Men Last Stand in uh, 2006 and Tokyo Drift in 2006, i.e., the second iteration of the X-Men and the second iteration of Too Fat or Fast and Furious franchise came out the same year. Third. The third iterations of both movies, which was Last Stand and Tokyo Drift, came out in the same year. Hmm. Origins Wolverine and Fast and Furious, which was the fourth iterations. Uh, First Class and Fast Five. Obviously, the fifth iteration. Yeah. And then, of course, um, Six and Wolverine. And then Seven, so on and so forth. Every iteration up until... um, Paul Walker's death. The second iteration... Third, fourth, fifth, sixth, we're all in line with each other on the same year. Huh. Up until Paul Walker's death. Nice. And then you had Logan and the fate of the Furious in 2017. Hmm. Hugh Jackman and Hiroki, I can never say his name right. Hiroyuki so, Sonata. That guy I was talking about? Yeah. Share a birthday, October 12th. So, if you wanted to know Hugh Jackman's birthday, it is October 12th. Uh, first X-Men movie since X-Men, the original movie. Not released in the spring. Every movie in between was released mid-April to early June. Togo Igoa was considered the role of Shinjin. I don't know who the fuck that is, but hey, if we got any uh, Japanese individuals that know that kind of cool shit, then please let us know. The movie was being shot on all six sound stages of Fox Studios Australia an international production facility in which was also used for the Matrix, hmm. 
Moulin Rouge, Mission Impossible 2, Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones, Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith, Superman Returns. Mm. In 1999, Fox opened the two points, or 261 million theme park on the grounds. Think an experience like Universal Studios Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fox Studios Backlot Theme Park closed in late 2001 due to poor ticket sales. Well, no shit. It's in fucking Australia. Well, you no. don't have that many people there. Well, I mean, even if it's in Australia, I mean, you got to think of what they did to the park. What they had. Mm-hmm. And all the dangerous fucking animals that reside in that <laughs> continent? Depends, well, it depends on where they built it, too. Because if they built it towards the city-wise, then, yeah, that makes sense. But if they built it out, like, in, like, Queensland or somewhere up north, then, yeah, that that's kind of like, eh. Yep, and that's pretty much it. Because none of these really matter at the bottom. Yeah, no, they're not really anything important towards the movie, at least. So, thank you. Thank you for joining. I do appreciate you coming by today. I mean, I know I was... If you would have told me what you told me earlier sooner... I honestly would have told you not to worry about coming. But, thank you. Hopefully it was worthwhile for you. It was. I I needed this. Good. Because if I didn't come here, I was going to sit at the dam in my car. I got a a chug left, so grab your vodka that you haven't touched since you sat down. I have touched it. Once. Three times. Nope, once. Three times. I, I, I... I, I say we, once. We will go back and watch this. <laughs> well, grab your fucking drink so I can chug this because this is the last little bit that I'm going to get tonight before I have to go to bed. Yeah. Well, I also have to drive, so. No, you don't. Yeah, I do. Once. Shut up, Griff. Thank you. He's agreeing with me, so it's true because he doesn't ever agree with me. He will fight tooth and nail to make sure that I will watch this when I get home and and re-look at everything. You you took a sip at the beginning. And since then, you haven't touched it. Yes, until just now. No, I have. I have. I'm not that far gone. <laughs> 20 bucks right here on live. <laughs> 20 bucks. I drank that more than once. Okay. Okay. Because <laughs> I have access to the actual recording. Okay, we will go through anyway, all this. <laughs> so, thank you again to everybody that has joined us tonight. I do appreciate you coming from the absolute bottom of my heart, which is a very shallow heart. But, um, again, thank you everybody that has listened in and participated. Uh, Griff, Moon, Baby Mama, anybody else in audio land that wants to leave a comment in your particular listening platform again this is available on spotify uh apple podcast google podcast stitcher 
Radio Public, and of course, using our RSS host, Red Circle. Also, if you want to support us here on the podcast, please go to Red Circle and look us up, Madhouse Presents Group Therapy, where you can have a reoccurring donation to the channel. Uh, Three tiers are available, one starting out at $1 a week, equaling up to $4 a month. You also have a $6 a month tier and a $50 annual reoccurring payment. Um, Each come with their own benefits. All come with the recognition every week as long as you keep up with your reoccurring payments. Um, to our show notes as supporters of the podcast. If you have any suggestions for future episodes, please check out the link for the suggestions form where we have also not only suggestions for future topics, but also suggestions for interviews of content creators that you may know. Um, We will do our best to get in touch with them if they are popular people because we don't have the money yet um, to buy them out. But you can suggest them anyway. If they are awesome enough and willing, um, we will gladly try to interview them. I am still trying to reschedule with IMB Paula on Twitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, I can work something out here in the next week or so to get with him and do the interview with him. Uh, but, again, uh, please, if you want to link any content creators, whether it be YouTube, Twitch, TikTok, Facebook, gaming, or what have you, please link their content within the form. Or if you want us to interview you, please link your content so that we can check it out and build a questionnaire that we'd like to ask. Uh, Other than that, again, check out us on every listening platform. We are available. Also, check out our YouTube, Madhouse Presents Group Therapy, where we have all our past VODs, our videos on demand. Uh, from our live recordings on Twitch, twitch.tv backslash MHP Group Therapy. Also, if you want to talk about any topics that we've already covered and add to them, you can check us out on Twitter. Again, that is MHP Group Therapy. And joining us live every Wednesday, hopefully, depending on our individual schedules, Yeah. Uh, is twitch.tv backslash MHP group therapy. So I've tried my best (laughs) to make sure they all match up. But of course, the bigger parts, we can stretch it out a little bit. Yeah. Uh, But again, guys, thank you all. And thank you, Jordan, so much for joining us as a co-host. Always, always. We just got to get our lives together to do this on a regular basis. Yeah. By the way, I have tried to reach out to Rode, i.e. the ones that I bought this wonderful audio interface with, Mm -hmm. to try out and probably 
do a review on their uh, new Roadcaster Pro 2, which is actually smaller. Oh, I think I, you, I, think I saw you tweet yeah, about it. Yeah, I tweeted that. it about it. Yeah. Yeah, I think I saw that. But um, for everybody else, if uh, you want to check me out, I do stream games. I'm not as entertaining <laughs> on my gaming side because I don't pay attention to chat, honestly. Nope. The only reason why I do here is because it's right in front of my freaking face out of the six monitors that I look at on a daily basis. Um, but it is NLMP on Twitch, NLMP Joker on Twitter, official NLMP on Tikitaka, and NLMP underscore gaming on Instagram. Jordan, unreal. Where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitch at Unreal Style TTV, and you can check out my Twitter, which is Unreal Style One, I believe. Um, I haven't been streaming a lot due to per- real life stuff going on. Uh, my Twitter is actually pretty active. I mostly retweet um, like pictures of scenery and, and stuff my like shit. That. Yeah, and your shit. So, but that's all you can do to find me at the moment. I'm going to go through a uh, redo of everything. It's called a rebrand. Rebrand, reboot. Same fucking thing. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, my God. But, yep, yeah, so that's where you can find me. But thank you all for joining. Thank you all for coming out to see us. And 